Alright legends, welcome back dude to yet another episode of Get Around Me. What a time it is to be alive, truly. The podcast refuses to stop. This thing, my podcast must have read a David Goggins book before I started it because it's unbreakable, okay? So anyone who is messaging me mean things on the internet, just know that this podcast, while I may not have the will of David Goggins, this podcast does. So yes, you will break me. Yes, you may affect my mental state, but you will not ever affect the state of this here podcast. And you might be thinking, hey, Bill, how come you're starting in such a defensive manner? And I'll be candid, I did not mean to. That is honestly just me being me, expressing what I'm feeling in this particular moment because we have yet again, probably once a year at this point, if that, we are doing a special listener Q&A episode. And so I'm a bit on edge because as per, and as much as I am used to it still, the odd question will get through, but you've sort of got to sift through a myriad of, of insults and even worse than insults, uh, insults disguised as questions uh, to get to the good stuff. So I've been a little bit battered, a little bit bruised by some of the snarkier questions, but here we are for one of the great listener Q&A episodes. And these things, I used to do them a bit more. Now I barely do them at all because I'm not sure. But there's no time like the present. There's nothing to it but to do it. And on that note, I would like to further delay the start of this podcast with some beautiful administration. Our darling boy, Rowan Arneel, our collective son here on Get Around Me. Rowan Arneel, he's like the Cam Green of Get Around Me in that we know this kid's going to be big. We know he's got all the tools. We know he's tall. Do you know what I mean? He's come through the academies. He's going to be huge. And guess what? Rowan is doing his first ever solo stand-up comedy shows at the Factory Theatre in September as part of Fringe Comedy, Thursday 7th of September, Saturday 9th of September, Sunday 10th of September. Come on through. It's called Rowan Arneel, Top of the Food Chain. I will put the link for the show in the show notes of this show, if that makes sense. I've never once said that correctly in the four times I've attempted it. But check it out. It'll be on Rowan's Instagram bio or fringecomedy.com.au if you live in Sydney, September 7, 9, and 10. A full hour of Rowan Arneal, top of the food chain. I'll be opening for him in a wild turn of events. Is it Freaky Friday? No. It's Rowan Arneal's coming of age. So get on down for that. Rowan Arneal, top of the food chain in Sydney. We can't bloody wait. So it's going to be a nice change of pace for me doing a coward seven minutes while he's pacing around out the back, freaking out about the remaining 53. You know, Rowan, he's a fantastic comedian and a great podcaster. There are times when empathy could come to him a little quicker than it does. Are the time we were running 25 minutes late for the solo show in Newcastle this year? And this guy's talking about, he's like, did you want to whip through Maccas? I was like, no. No, I don't want to whip through Maccas, brother. We've got a show to get to. So I'm, hope, I'm hoping maybe... Uh, through a various series of events, unfortunate or otherwise, that potentially I can be the one goofing around, having a bloody laugh because i got to do seven minutes and then it's tools down at 7.07pm 7 7 on a Saturday, while the other guy stresses the fuck out 
about the remaining 53. But either way, it's going to be an absolutely cranking show. We hope to see you there, etc. Okay, etc. But anyway, I've dicked around with this intro enough. I've had, I put up the question thing on my Instagram story for one of the great listener Q&As. You know, the Q&A is always up your sleeve uh, should you fail to really come up with anything remotely creative one week of the year. And let's be honest, guys, hey, not everyone can rip and tear creatively week in, week out. I was going to get a guest while I'm away in Central America for this episode. Unfortunately, I just never really texted anyone for that fourth guest, guest spot. And I thought about it for like two weeks. And then for whatever reason, it just didn't come together. Now, you could say, hey, Bill, maybe you should have shown more initiative in getting organized further ahead of time. I personally think it's more of a Jesus take the wheel moment. Do you know what I mean? You can only play the cards that fate have dealt you. And right now, we're doing listener questions. So let's crank in. I'm not going to say people's names because some of the questions are a bit embarrassing, I guess. Some of them are embarrassing that you've asked them and other, others are embarrassing that I have to answer them. And some are both. So that's pretty exciting. First question, sorry. I'm trying to work out what the first question is, but it's the one at the top of the page. First question, have you purchased a new car since the untimely death of the Mazda Metro? And this is something I probably haven't really been completely upfront with you guys about on the podcast this year, uh, mostly because of shame and and I'm afraid of what you would think of me. I'm afraid many of you will stop listening altogether. For the last three or four months, I've become a public transport bus wanker, okay? I've been tapping on, I've been tapping off. Obviously, the trams are free. I appreciate the government doing that for me each and every day, but I've been on the ferry, I've been on the bus, I've been on the train, and I've been on the tram, okay? I will say the ferry, what a bloody great way to get around, but they don't miss you on that bad boy. It's about 11 bucks to Manly, but it's worth it for that moment of just having a beer on the water. You know, when I'm on the tram, when I'm on the train, I'm very aware of the fact that, yeah, look at where you've become. Do you know what I mean? I, I don't want to speak out of school, but every fully-fledged individual should have their own mode of transport at their beck and call, whether that be your own car or maybe someone you've paid just to drive you around at a moment's notice. But when you're on the ferry, you have all the carefree living of public transport coupled with the arrogance of owning your own automobile. It's unbelievable. I dare, I, you know, some people, when you're on a crowded bus at 5.10, you haven't even got a seat and some Korean guy keeps grabbing your ass and he keeps being like, oh, sorry, it was an accident. And it's like, well, come on, brother, that's the seventh time in about four stops. It's not an accident, okay? It's not an accident. But what am I trying to say? When you're on the bus and it's shit house, you kind of feel like a loser. When you're on the ferry and you're having a beautiful Carlton draft overlooking the Harbour Bridge, dude, honestly, who's the loser in that scenario? Because I'm just not 100% sure it's me, you know? So I haven't had a car in about four months. I'm not glorifying this lifestyle in any way, shape or form. About once a week, something does come up where it's like, fuck, I would love a car right now. Mostly it's going to my parents' place back on the Northern Beaches. And then there's the odd gig outside of Sydney. But even then, that's not so bad because the Northern Beaches doesn't have a train line because of segregation and other things that are more banterous than that. 
But for whatever reason, the Northern Beaches has never had a train line and we probably never will. It just isn't in the culture. It's not in the ethos of the people of the North. And I think the thing with the Northern Beaches is we don't want a train line because we don't 100% trust the South. We like to have the option of blowing up the Harbour Bridge at a moment's notice and falling back to a solidified position in Terry Hills. So, yeah. Apart from going to my parents' place once a week, I'm pretty much living La Vida Loca with no car, even though I miss the metro every day. Next question. Would you ever move to Brisbane or Melbourne or are you Sydney forever? Dude, this question specifically said Brisbane or Melbourne. I'm not sure if that's a coincidence or if there's someone out there that is actually fucking listening to me, okay? Not hearing me, listening. Because, yeah, they're the two cities I would move to in this great nation. I love them both to death. Something would have to take me there, though. I'm not... Do you know what I mean? If it's me in Brisbane at a year 10 school dance, my my cruisers got taken off me at the front door. You're going to have to make the first move, babe. Same with Melbourne. Love ya. It's too cold out there. But if I fall in love with some pommy chick and she gets a HR job down there, yeah, dude, I'll fucking think about it, okay? So I totally will move to one of those cities. I think they're absolutely fantastic. But yeah, obviously enjoy my time in Sydney. So if something took me there, maybe a very sizable FM radio contract, beautiful, okay? Beautiful. I'd still probably insist on doing the show from Sydney, but still, it'd be a pleasure to serve the people of those of those greater regions. Next question. How did you lose your virginity? Now, I'm only putting this one in here because it gets asked every single time. For the fifth time, guys, I'll say this. I have never had sex in my life, okay? When I do, you guys will be the first to know about it. But until then, can we just stop with the incessant virginity questions? It only The, the only thing this does is remind me of the fact that I haven't lost it yet. Okay, so once again, when I know, you'll know. So please stop asking. Next question. Do you love Canadians? Big fan here in Canada. Have you been over to Canada? And if so, what did you think? I have never been to Canada in my life. So take that as you will. I have heard extremely fantastic things. My friend Maddie has been living in Canada for the last six to nine months and her Instagram is so good or it looks so fun that it's like I'm almost about to unfollow her because of how much fun she is having. She's, I don't, I don't know where she is. I think she was in Banff, but she might've moved. But like very mountainous, I'll say that. Very bloody mountainous from what I'm seeing. I'm not a big snow guy for whatever reason, but I will I will go to Canada, okay? I see no reason, if I'm going to be famous in most countries, I see no reason why Canada should not also experience the Billy, da- the Billy Darcy stand-up train. So I will come to Canada. I've heard great things. Do I love Canadians? I've met a lot of Canadians traveling. You often see more Canadians than Americans because they're a bit more open-minded for whatever reason. I don't know if I love Canadians. I like them. There's something about how friendly they are. You know, if if an Australian bloke was as friendly as your regulation Canadian, I got one eye on that fella. I'll tell you that for free. I'm thinking, wow, this guy's so friendly. What's his agenda? Reveal it. Okay. So I do like Canadians. I'm not sure I trust them. 
I definitely don't love them. I just think there's probably, there does come a point where you can be so friendly that it's almost suspicious. So yeah, I like Canadians. Would I ever have one in my family home? I don't think I would. Okay. I don't think I would. Next question. Just have a sip of some beautiful Makona instant coffee. 4 p.m. rocket, dude. Next question. What do we got here? Sorry, there's nothing more embarrassing than not being able to read your own writing. When is the ex-girlfriend coming on the podcast? I mean, absolutely never. It's a solo podcast, okay? To think I would open this thing up to a co-host. And I know what you're going to say. Rowan is on the podcast every week. Firstly, he's not a co-host. He's an apprentice. That's completely different. It's not even close to the same thing. And secondly, if you think I'm going to open this up to a co-host and immediately ask my ex-girlfriend, do you know what I mean? Like, how could she be top of the list? I'm very happy to shortlist her. But as far as her being the first in on a potential co-host situation, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't see it, to be honest. I don't see it. But let's all pray she doesn't ask because I probably panic and say yes. Next question. How did you get into stand-up comedy? Man, these questions are really all over the place. We got some really we got some really all over the place stuff. How did I get into stand-up comedy? Throwback episode. <laughs> so, I actually did a stand-up comedy course when I was 18, which everyone says you shouldn't do. You should never do a stand-up comedy course. Like that's so lame. But I think it's lame if you keep doing a stand-up comedy course. I think if you just do it and then do stand-up comedy. You know, when I was 18, I wasn't exactly sure about the etiquette in the world of the arts. So I thought I might want to try stand-up for whatever reason. I wasn't like that into it or anything. I'm trying to honestly think why I tried it. Because I liked watching Arj Barker a bit. Daniel Tosh was the first stand-up comedian where I was like, dude... This fucking goes hard and in a way that I really liked. But honestly, I can't remember the thought around me doing stand-up the first time when I did this course. And then at the end of the course, you did a gig in front of, it was basically just me and all these like 30-year-old office workers who were like doing New Year's resolutions. And there was about 50 people in the crowd, do your jokes. It was pretty fun, but I had no intention to ever do it again. It was kind of like more bucket listy for me, I guess. I was just throwing shade at those office fellas. But yeah, I just wanted to try it for whatever reason. I can't... Looking back, I wasn't like I want to be a comedian. But I think I just thought I could do it. So, I'm not sure. But I just wanted to try it once. Because I was. I always just thought, I reckon I could do this. So, it was one of those things. You don't want to be one of those cowards who's like, Oh, I don't get what the big deal is. Like, I don't even find them funny. I could do that. Like, and that's not even a stand-up thing. That's just with anything. Anyone who says I could do that and then doesn't do it is a bitch. So I think, and I had not told anyone that I could do it, but I had told myself and the amount of chaos in the top paddock for, for a young Billy D, you can't have sort of bold statements like that flying around town unchecked. So I thought, let me go fucking put two feet on a stage and put this man in the mirror in his place for a second here. But then, um, yeah, I was studying psychology at uni for some reason. I mean, again, I don't know why I did that either. And then 
I dropped out of psychology and went to England for a year, played some cricket over there. And then when I was in England, I was like, what am I going to do? Because I don't want to do psychology ever again, but I think I should do something. And then when I came back the following year, so I got back from England in like October and then the following year in May, I started stand-up comedy again, did an open mic. And for whatever reason, the second time it stuck because I don't know. But when it, when you get into it, then you sort of get into the social side of things, you make some friends and then it becomes like, you know, just like a fun hobby, like playing soccer or cricket or something. So... And then I got into it. And then for whatever reason, I went from not knowing why I even started to being like, fuck yeah, I'm so into this dude. Like really gun-ho about it. So I don't know. You just got the bloody bug, mate. You know how it is. You go up there, you get a few laughs. It's an addictive thing, mate. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, so that's how I got into it, even though I'm not 100% in on the reasons why. Next question. At what age do you think you'll throw in the towel and get a girlfriend? Man, some of the tone of some of these questions is a little pointed on this episode. I mean, whatever age, dude. I mean, two years ago, whatever, I was out there. I was at local bus stops. You know what I mean? I was in the mix, okay? So there's no agenda here. I'll fall in love with a British chick tomorrow and throw it all away. I got no agenda whatsoever. I could easily have two kids right now. Or I could easily n- not have a girlfriend for the next three years. I don't really feel in control of either situation, which I'm not sure. Does everyone else? Are you telling me you can decide? (laughs) Hang on a minute. Hang on a bloody minute. Are you telling me that everyone else can decide when they want to have a girlfriend and or be single? Because I was under the impression it was just sort of a, do you know what I mean? All the clothes go in the washing machine for, for a bloody cycle and you see you see what comes out type situation. That's one of the worst analogies we've ever had in the history of this podcast. But yeah, I wasn't aware you could sort of pick and choose. So I guess um, at what age will I throw in the towel and get a girlfriend? I love the the wording of that. Like right now at the front of my terrace in Surrey Hills, there's like six women waiting to be my girlfriend, just waiting for me to sort of click my fingers and throw in the towel on being single as it were. But no, I really have no agenda whatsoever. Um, so I don't know. But I was under the impression you're not supposed to know. The amount of blokes I saw go to England for a season of cricket and get clipped up by Cupid and never come back. All of a sudden, they got three kids, you know, outside of Birmingham somewhere. They all talk fucking weird as shit. And it's 18 degrees every day. You haven't seen the sun in four years. But there's this chick Emma in the kitchen who you just can't get enough of. So I, I'm, I don't think you control it. I think you just sort of, I'm not sure, bump into someone at a cafe one day. But anyway, next question. What is your most shameful wank? Okay, now I wouldn't usually be this blue on the podcast, but I'm very happy to answer this one. My most shameful wank is any time I jack off to this podcast that I do by myself. So that's just me being candid. Sometimes the I'm just sometimes I find my own riffs so hot and so creative. And I think I'm just redefining the genre of white guys talking to themselves in such a way that often later, when I when I am masturbating, maybe a week or two later, that's usually the time frame, I will think, fuck, episode 178. Yeah, that banged. And then I'll sort of pleasure myself to that. 
So, so yeah. <laughs> all right, guys. All right. Come on. Come on. None of that. What are we bloody doing? Next question. Okay. I have not ordered these questions, but we are really all over the map here. Is Billy short for William? <laughs> oh, we're going, we're going from MA15 plus to G and back again. Is Billy short for William? Traditionally, it is if you're some bootlicking imperialist. But if you're just, if you're an absolute rat bag from Australia, one of the, one of the true kings of the East Coast, then you don't have two names. You just got the one. Because it's already fucking working. So yeah, traditionally William is the full version of Billy. Not for me. I am just Billy on my birth certificate. Which I always say when people ask me that, I'm just Billy. But really, you're not just Billy. You are Billy. Okay? So keep your chin up, you piece of shit, hey? Um, Alright, next question. You have unlimited funds, but you can never leave New South Wales. Would you do it? I have unlimited funds, but I could never leave New South Wales. So I'm assuming... I think someone else asked me about being immortal or some shit, so I'm getting confused. So I'm assuming I live for the same amount of time. Hmm. This is an interesting question. As someone who's not financially wealthy, but is going on a big holiday for the next four weeks, how do I feel about this? I, I'm almost leaning towards unlimited funds because, do you know what I mean? Maybe I could probably fly in people from other cultures and just sort of set them up on the balcony. And so maybe I would never get to go to Guatemala per se, but maybe I could fly in four or five Guatemalans and set them up with a case of beer on the balcony and just say, lads, give me a little snapshot of what happens over there. Do you know what I mean? So maybe I could use the funds to sort of get my cultural experiences that way. So yeah, I've got to say, I'm going unlimited funds in New South Wales. I think the fact that I would choose that, I'll be a beacon of light to New South Welshmen everywhere. And, and also, yeah, I'm partying with probably Angus Stone in Byron Bay. And I'd have, I'd have, because New South Wales has a lot of different terrains. We have beach, mountains, snow, highlands, lowlands, desert. So I, I'm setting up pads all over the place. Got the PJ whipping me around town. Mate, I'm going unlimited funds in New South Wales, so fuck other cultures. I have got nothing to learn from anyone else on this planet. There is no way there is no way my perspective of the world could be opened in any way that would ever be more productive for me than unlimited money staying right here in my fishbowl. <laughs> Little window into what a piece of shit I am, dude. But next question. How do I tell my mate that his missus sucks? Okay, now, I'm actually going to refer to Triple J the hookup, which I have been pretty critical of in the past because it just seems ridiculous. Some of the stuff they posted is silly, but at the same time, it's a dating show and dating is pretty silly if you ask me. So I'm going to refer to Triple J the hookup because they actually asked this question. And I've had this situation in the past and it is my firm belief that there is nothing you can do. 
I don't know. This hasn't happened to me for quite some time. So it's not, I guess maybe, I don't know if my mate's partners are getting cooler. I think I'm just getting cooler or more mature. But I think you just get to the point that honestly, mate, yeah, all right, your best mate's missus sucks or your, your, maybe it's a female friend at work, her boyfriend sucks or I don't know. It could be anyone, anyone in your life whose partner you're not a fan of. It's kind of the same as like if your best mate got a job in IT and he can't count. It's kind of none of your business. That's kind of where I'm at with this stuff now. I just don't give a fuck really what anyone else gets up to. Or not that I don't care. I mean, I'll light you up in a group chat behind your back. Massively, yeah. Like as soon as you leave the room, just relentless from me. Can't stop talking about it or the mistakes you're making. But I will say that it's not that I don't give a fuck what anyone else does. But I mean, who has the time to, to care? It's their life. Do you know what I mean? If they if they got some goth chick and she's heaps right wing, you might be thinking this is doing nothing for me, brother. But maybe that's what he's into. So as long as it's not too egregious, no one's getting assaulted or anything uh, at sort of barbecues or, you know, unless I would say bide your time and maybe sneakily at various social events, try and get the partner you don't like drunk to the point where they do something that is notable enough where you can go, Look, mate, I'm honest. No one loves Amy more than me, yeah? No one loves her more than me. Mate, honestly, I felt like when she drew that swastika on the fridge at my nan's place at my 28th birthday barbecue. Look, mate, I don't know. I don't know, brother. You know? I don't know how you felt about that. For me, brother, that's it's past the past the what I consider to be acceptable. And I, I think you should reconsider her position in your life. So I would nudge them to doing something where you can sort of just bring up what they did because a lot of the time it is vibes-based, how much you hate these people and no one's more vibes-based than me. But it is tough when a bloke has, you know, four kids and a mortgage with someone to be like, mate, honestly, I know you love her and you've got a family and a life with her and she is the center of your universe. But for me, mate, I don't know, something's off. No evidence whatsoever. You know, so it can be hard to get that across. So long story short, just don't say anything at all because it's not your issue. Anyway, this podcast is brought to you by our mates at Manscaped. If you haven't heard already, lads, it is a smooth sack summer. When you're playing in the summer sun, make sure you're scaped from pubes to bum. That's right. This is the summer to keep your balls cool while still looking hot with Manscaped. The leaders in below-the-waist grooming are making sure we all have a ball this summer by giving our pants partners everything they need to stay fresh. Dive headfirst into Smooth Sack Summer by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with our code DARCY. That's D-A-R-C-Y, all capitals. I say this all the time. I can't stop saying it. I use the Lawnmower 4.0. It's like a friend. It's like a confidant. If I had to fill out my will today, I think my lawnmower 4.0 would be my next of kin because it's the main thing I can rely on in my life consistently. Just the ease of use. It's just nice being able to shave your pubes without worrying if you're going to like slice your sack open and have some horrific accident in Brisbane before your solo shows. No one wants that, okay? No one wants that. So the ease of use the lawnmower 4.0 provides, it's, it's an absolute dream come true. And you can get this bad boy as part of the Performance Package 4.0, which has everything you need to prepare that summer bod. It includes the Lawnmower 4.0, which features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents, 
Thanks to the advanced skin-safe technology, the Lawnmower 4.0 has a 7,000 RPM motor, a new multifunction on-off switch, a travel lock, and gives you the ability to turn the 4,000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more, more precise shave. And you better believe this bad boy is waterproof too. You even get two free gifts with this one, with the Performance Package 4.0. That includes the Manscaped boxes and the Shed travel bag. So that's pretty bloody sick, if you ask me. You can get all of this for 20% off and free shipping with the code DARCY, that's D-A-R-C-Y, all capitals at manscaped.com. That is 20% off and free shipping with the code DARCY, D-A-R-C-Y, at manscaped.com. It's a smooth sack summer, boys, so get on board or get left behind. Next question. Who is the best smoke bomber you have ever been friends with? This one is easy. My friend Nick Bath, who just an absolute weapon of a bloke. I guess maybe didn't need to name him per se. But anyway, Barthy, mate, this guy, there will be nights where he's just a religious smoke bomber. Uh, where, like 11 p.m., 11.30. He's a fair bit older than us, to be fair. Okay, the big fella. But an absolute weapon of a bloke. And it's one of those things, mate, where you hate to see him go. You know, that's what hurts with the smoke bombing so much. But he lives behind this pub that we all go to. And, mate, when you are at his home pub, it's like trying to... We would There would be nights where we would keep an eye on him and he'd still just vanish into thin air. And especially when he was at his home pub and he was walking distance to his house. Mate, honestly, it's like... James Anderson on a green deck in England in his prime. It was like just virtually unplayable, yeah? Like this guy would just turn into literal smoke. So he's the best smoke bomb I've ever come across. And yeah, yeah. Trying to think of someone else, but I can't really off the top of my head. Next question. Why is Pat such a slippery serpent? I've been listening to the podcast for three years and I can't stand him. Yeah, look, I'll be, I'll be candid, guys. So, obviously, this is a question that's been asked. This was asked about 75 other times. So, um, and obviously, Pat has copped a fair bit on this podcast over the years. The thing with Pat is he only thinks of himself, okay? That's basically the crux of this issue. He's, he's a selfish person uh, with a selfish agenda. And keep an eye on this bloke because... You might think he's just hanging out, having a beer. That bloke is plotting, okay? You know, it's like, does a bear shit in the woods? It's like, I don't know, is Pat Doherty plotting for his own personal gain? Do you know what I mean? They're rhetorical, babe, yeah? Of course they do. So, it's the selfishness. For anyone who's, who's wondering, obviously, I don't like this guy, but I am struggling to put my finger on it. I would say, if, if I could just pick one, and here's the thing, mate, if I didn't just pick one, this would be its own podcast episode, this question alone. But I would say it's the, it's the selfish agenda for mine, okay? <laughs> um, <laughs> Next question. I hope this has gone long enough. We don't have many questions left. Next question. Who are your fave mediocre Australian athletes? Now, I actually wrote down a few for this one because I, everyone else I've just wrote the question. But for this one, I wrote down a couple of answers because I wanted to just shout out some of these boys. Firstly, Australian cricket legend, Mark Cosgrove, South Australian gun, mid-2000s. Big boy, Cosy. Big boy, okay. 
just arrogant, had the had the blonde tips. Uh, and I'm going to just chuck in uh, George Rose, Mark O'Mealy. Uh, I think I'm th- uh, Brad Riddell, a couple of rugby league players there. I don't think Mark O'Mealy... I think I mixed Mark O'Mealy up with Brad Riddell now that I'm talking about it out loud. But I just want to... Uh, Brad Riddell, George Rose... Is it even Brad Riddell? Am I thinking of the UFC fighter? Who was the Riddell bloke who played for the Eels in the mid-2000s? Just a real porky human being. Whoever that was. It's someone Riddell. I don't think it's Brad Riddell, and it's not Mark O'Mealy. But Mark Cosgrove, George Rose, players of that ilk. Anyone who just looked ordinary, like from a rig perspective? Because I love those guys looking back, because I don't think that's going to exist ever again. You know? Like these guys aren't gonna get through the pathways anymore. You've got to, you've got to be doing the beep tests and the time trials and all this shit. So I think this brand of, of athlete, like, you know, um, very much like Schuster for the Manly Seagulls this year. I have a lot of time for anyone who, could easily be a professional athlete at the highest level and is, but could be doing, better than they are, or could even just be doing really well, if they just were willing to diet and exercise. And even for the amount of money that they would make doing it, they still refuse. R.E. Schuster, R.E. Mark Cosgrove. I don't know if Georgie Rose ever had a dieting issue, if he was just a big boy. But anyone who literally, they go, look, mate, you're already a pro player. You're a pro cricketer, Mark Cosgrove. You're already playing for Australia. If you just diet and exercise, you could be absolutely anything. And Cosy goes, mate, I'm hearing you. I'm, I'm hearing you, but I'm not listening, brother. Okay. So anyone like that, I just feel like those guys are like relics at this point. And then I just had a couple of other um, sort of mediocre is not the right word, but just sort of looked mediocre. And this isn't uh, offensive to these boys' cricketing ability. These are two great players, but they just looked like normal blokes. And again, I'm not sure how much of that we're going to get going forward. But I had Doug the Rug Bollinger and Darren Lehman on the cricket side of things just because... I mean, Doug the Rug, to go out, to have your calling card be hair plugs in twenty in 2009, that's crazy, dude, okay? There are guys now, and I think I was saying this to Pat the other day, I don't know what it means when someone has hair plugs, I don't think there's actual plugs on their head, but, you know, the 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 wig or, or, the, or the turkey job or whatever, there are blokes now in 2023 who have unbelievable fake lids who would never admit it, and Doug the Rug was whipping around town with a fake, la- a fake lid in 2009, and just bowling absolute fucking wheels and owning it, okay? And he was just a bloody legend, Dougie. You know, he was never in shape, really. But he's one of those guys where just bowled rapid because God gave him that ability. Do you know what I mean? He wasn't a freak athlete. He, 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 was, he, he was kind of pudgy at times when he played test cricket for Australia. I'm not saying he wasn't in shape or anything. I'm not questioning his work ethic. I'm just saying the the aesthetics weren't there, regardless of the effort put in. And same with Darren Lee. Darren Lehman in his prime was just not in shape. And again, I'm not saying he didn't put in the effort to become in shape. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying to the naked eye, it just looked like someone's dad was out there. And that was hilarious. So there's some of the ones that came to mind for that question. Uh, a couple more here. If America played test cricket, what would the pitches be like? That is an interesting question. If America played test cricket, what would the pitches be like? Off the top of my head, racist. I reckon they'd suit white players. 
That's that's I reckon white players would get a bit more of something out of the surface than their black counterparts. And that's not me saying some wildly edgy joke on this podcast. It's actually a, a pretty scathing commentary on some of the issues in that country. But but yeah, I mean, it's an interesting question. If I could honestly get into this for a second here, I feel like I'm having a Jimmy Neutron moment, but I'm going to need a soil sample. I'm thinking especially Arizona, deserty, hard red surfaces. I th- I'd like to see some bounce. I'd like to see them really roll some of this clay into the thing. And I reckon we'd have some hard, bouncy surfaces in some of the hotter states like Texas, Arizona, and then maybe New York, Boston. You, that's where like you kind of got green tops. You know, America has a lot of different climates, so it could be a really exciting place for Test cricket to go. But if you're not into that, they're going to be playing a lot of Test T20 cricket there soon, I should say. They're going to be playing a lot of T20 cricket there soon. And I look forward to the roads they produce for that. All right, last question. And this is obviously a specific one. And I addressed what might be have led to this on an episode of the podcast a few weeks ago before I left for my trip. I'll say, okay, this is the question and I'll just answer it. How long are your phone calls? Were you on the phone at Hockey Dad? Now, I did step out to make a phone call at Hockey Dad, right? I'm not some bloody weirdo taking phone calls at concerts. That's a weird thing to do. Unfortunately, I'd taken a significant amount of mushrooms at this concert and I had misread the group I was going with and no one else took them with me. And I was having a lot of fun. I was having a lot of fun. I was having a lot of fun. And then the mushrooms started to just push me around a little bit, which I don't mind. But the thing was, you know, it's good in those situations where, you know, if you're all on it together, you can go, fucking hell, these things are starting to push me around a little bit. And then your mate goes, yeah, me too. And that's a bit of a laugh. Unfortunately, I didn't have anyone to lean on in that situation. So I briefly went outside to call my sister to tell her that these mushrooms are pushing me around a little bit. Okay. So it was a bit of a mental health chat, if you will. It was just that I didn't want to be that guy with my mates at the concert because I had already commented on the lighting of the concert several times and I could tell my mate was not enjoying the commentary. I maintained mushrooms or no mushrooms. That was the most that was the best lighting I have seen at a concert at the Enmore Theatre in all my time. And I stand yes, okay, I admit I was on hallucinogens, but I maintain that was the best lighting I've ever seen at the Enmore Theatre. So I don't want to be that guy following up the lighting comments being like, fucking hell, man, these mushrooms are starting to freak me out a bit when they weren't starting to freak me out a bit, but they were just starting to, you know, it was one of those things where I was having a great time and then they just kept going and kept going and kept going. And so I just need to get a little bit of fresh air and I just gave my sister a buzz to say, hey, what are you up to? Because these mushrooms are starting to push me around a bit. And then she burst out laughing and then I went straight back in. Okay, so I'm assuming someone tried to talk to me while I was on the phone. And yeah, and that was the other thing. I've already covered this in a previous pod, but yeah, like literally Venn diagram of the mushrooms pushing me around and people coming up to me, recognizing me from comedy. Same circle, brother. Okay, so just me being the only one on the mushrooms, meeting a lot of new people, just... 
little bit social anxiety-ish for a second there. So just went outside to get my bearings for a little bit, uh, as anyone should, should they have to. Anyway, I guess that wasn't like the funnest question to end on, but anyway, bup, bup, bup. this is the end of the podcast. Okay, cool. All right, yeah, so this is a Q&A episode. Bit of a pre-record. Sorry about this. I'm in Central America and I'm not checking a bag for my whole trip. So I couldn't take the lappy and the podcast gear over. Obviously, I'm on holiday as well. But yeah, so August, I want to say 24, if that's the Thursday, whatever the Thursday is that week, August 24, 23, I will be back live on the podcast and I'll be filled to the brim with yarns. So I will chat to you guys then. But apart from that, yeah, Rowan's got his solo shows coming up September 7, 9, and 10. The Factory Theatre, top of the food chain. Check that out, that ticket link at fringecomedy.com.au or in Rowan's Instagram bio. And that's in Sydney. So check out Rowan's first solo show. I'll be opening. A lot of fun. Other than that, I'll be back live with the pod August 24-ish, whenever that is. Thanks for listening. Way too long, way too long. Yeah, and I can see the ground now, I'm way too long.